0: Welcome to the Crypto Assets and Blockchain Podcast. Okay, great. Next question. Next up is um, Hansen from Menoport. And I want to ask the audience, where are the uh, finance representatives? Where are the finance representatives? are in Frankfurt. Who's, yeah. Who's from the bank? I have a nice slide. Yeah, I'm sure that I'll just put it in the chat. Hansen is your audience. Thank you. Are you the on um, No, I don't have slides. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> <cool. laughs> yeah. One last thing. We will have no questions after the talk. We might have a guest, but we certainly have questions. So please reserve them for the panel discussion from 4 to 4.30. Are you ready? I'm ready, yeah. Yeah, I don't use slides, I don't like slides, i them a bit distracting. Um, Hi everyone, thank you all for coming. My name is Hansen, I'm the head of external relations for Melenport, and today I'm going to give you a sneak peek of how we think the world of asset management is going to change over the next few years. Um, Melenport was founded by Reto and Mona in July 2016. Back then I think Bitcoin already existed for about seven years, and Ethereum and the other, a couple of other more established cryptocurrencies were already in circulation. But overall I would say um, the market was still very much in its infancy. There were few players in there, mainly just some early adopters and computer scientists. And um, I mean, you would hear about Bitcoin sometimes in the news, right? Mainly associated with something negative. But the other cryptocurrencies at large were unknown to the general public. And now, look at where we are now, right? Not even two years later, uh, we hear about different cryptocurrencies on a daily basis in the news. And the overall market cap has grown from a mere 10 billion, when we started Bellemort, to about 450 billion dollars today. And it's getting increasingly difficult for large institutions or for countries to ignore this new technology. Um, I think I read last week that the president of Venezuela announced um, that Venezuela is launching their own cryptocurrency, called the Pedro, to help them get out of this you know, economic crisis that they're in. I, I think I read, the, I read half the white paper. Um, I didn't quite understand how they're going to do it. I don't think the people who wrote the paper understand it themselves. <laughs> supposedly banked by uh, oil, but to me it just seems like a uh, zero-coupon unsecured debt, which is used as a currency, but uh, we'll see. Anyways, for the general public is you know, still getting the hang of it, they're starting to understand what blockchain is about, and they're starting to see more and more value in it, right? And from an investor's point of view, um, many people are treating cryptocurrencies as a new emerging asset class. Right? You have some traditional asset classes like stocks and, and bonds and so on, and, and some more exotic stuff like uh, high yield and emerging markets, and people see cryptocurrencies as a new asset class. We, we go even one step further than that. We don't believe that cryptocurrencies are going to stay a self-contained asset class for themselves, but we think that blockchains are going to spill over to all industries, and optimize processes there. So what that means is that blockchains—they um, are part of a wider trend of digitalization. Um, and one particular industry that has lagged behind quite a bit in terms of digitalization is the finance industry. And the, the simplest example for that is that you can you can Skype with your friend from across the world. Um, you can transmit sound and motion pictures in real time, high quality. But when you try to send that same friend hundred euros, um, it takes you several days to settle, and um, you have to pay quite a high fee, and, and you lose an exchange rate, and then you ask yourself why, right? I mean, sending money is just sending a number of one bank to another. It's far less complex than uh, sending picture and, and sound. So yeah, the blockchain, uh, you know, the, the finance industry is lagging behind, and we think that blockchains can help um, to make processes more... Uh, efficient there. And part of this process uh, will be manifested in form of digitalizing the traditional assets. Yeah? Or in other words, we think we're going to see a widespread trend of tokenization of real life assets. So soon you won't be buying Deutsche Bank uh, stocks anymore, but you might be trading Deutsche Tokens. And we're already witnessing this trend, right? Tether, for example, is packed the dollar, so that's tokenized dollar. And there are some companies like Neufund uh, and Jimbril who work on you know, helping startups to tokenize um, their shares instead of using shares. And we don't really know how long it will take, but my guess is it's probably going to be sooner um, rather than later. Because if you look at the historical adoption rate of new technologies, um, you see that the rate goes, uh, increases, right? How long did it take us all to have a personal computer at home since they were invented? Maybe 40 to 50 years? And what about cell phones, right? Cell phones are already much faster, 20, 25 years. And today, companies like Uber and Airbnb, they can take a big share of the market um, within two or three years. And we think it's going to be similar when it comes to blockchains. And when the day, day comes that blockchains are an integral part of the financial system and most assets have been tokenized, we need to be ready, we need to have, this, we need to have the infrastructure in place. And here's the first problem that we saw, right, right now we are not ready. The current infrastructure, um, which consists of custodian banks and stockbrokers, exchanges, uh, fund administrators, they're built in outdated technology. Yeah? they can't. I mean, the institutions today and their tools, they can't really handle investments in digital assets. Yeah? they can't keep up with this fast rate of digitalization. And the reason for that is simple: because investing in stocks, bonds, commodities, you name it, is simply not the same as investing in tokens. And this is where we come into play. Um, we are building this new infrastructure. And we call this infrastructure Mellon. What we're doing is we're building a fully decentralized tool for people like yourself or for large institutions um, to set up investment funds in digital assets. Yeah? So you can, you can run, literally run a hedge fund at home from the convenience of your own web browser. Until now, if you wanted to run a hedge fund it was you know, associated with high upfront costs, and immense time-consuming. And now you can do the same thing uh, if you just have a laptop and a, and a decent internet connection. So let's have a look. Oh, I slides. <laughs> let's have a look at um, how we do it, right? Let's look at the design. Okay. At the core of our design, you have the Mellon Fund, and the Mellon Fund is just a set of smart contracts. And these set of smart contracts uh, act like the custodian and the accountant um, of the fund. Uh, So it's it's a place where all your assets are held. And you can imagine it kind of like a wallet, but a very, very sophisticated wallet with far more functionality than just uh, sending money around. So when you want to create a fund, you would go to manager.fund, the website, and then you choose those functionalities that you want to have. So you define the parameters. So you choose how much management and performance fee do I want, um, which exchanges do I want to trade on, what's the asset universe, what kind of risk management suits my strategy. And once you finish that, you deploy the fund on the blockchain and from that moment on, you can only behave in the way that you specified before. And that whole process should get, just take you a couple of minutes. I can literally have every single person in this room invest in my fund simply by sending ether or another currency to my uh, to the public address of my fund. And the smart contracts, they take care of all the internal accounting. They, they calculate exactly um, the AUM, the NAV, the profit share for the investors depending on when they would invest it, and uh, they also calculate the management performance fees automatically. Um, as a fund manager, you have the control over the assets in the fund, but we made it in a way that you can never run away with it. Uh, the investor is always in charge of his own private keys, which is quite cool, right? You can, if I see like in. Uh, Zimbabwe, a talented young kid who's good at investing, I can send him $100,000 worth of tokens, and I can be sure that you'll never be able to run away with my funds. You can also trade directly um, from your Venom fund, from our interface, with the exchanges. And we're currently first integrating the decentralized exchanges. Um, I think he already spoke a little bit about these exchanges. The main advantage is, of course, uh, removing the counterparty risk. because you don't have to upload your, you don't have to send your tokens to the exchange anymore. But what you do is you, you just do atomic swaps. You trade directly with each other. Okay. So recap, we have we have the custodian with Esther held. We have the accountant, which does all the accounting, and we can trade directly with exchanges. What's still missing for a fully functioning uh, fund administrator uh, are two main components: KYC and L, and risk management. And we are currently building those two modules. I think the easiest way to understand how the smart contracts work, uh, if, if you look at the risk management module. Yeah? So I used to oversee a fund of funds before I joined board, and we had certain investment restrictions. Uh, for example, um, no more than 10% per single position, a volatility target between 5 and 10%, we want to be able to liquidate your portfolio within you know, three days. And you can code the rules of fund uh, of risk management onto the blockchain, and the smart contracts will take care of it. Just give you an example, right? Let's say you already have some ether in your wallet, in your fund, and it's say eight percent. You want to buy five percent more, and what it does is, before it executes a trade, the contract calls the <laughs> blockchain and asks, right? If I execute this trade, will it exceed the ten percent limit? If no, then let's. Uh, uh, let's trade go through. If yes, reject the trade or fill it up to 10%. And you know that right now, um, most investment banks and hedge funds have a whole back office operations team to take care of all those functions. Yeah? So if you are trying to compete with someone from Goldman to run a hedge fund, the chances are that you'll probably be worse than him, even if we assume that you are equally good at investing. And that's exactly why, right? They have this whole back office team that takes care of all the admin operations, so the golden guy can just focus on investing. But when you have to do it, right, you don't have that. Even if you have just 100 investors, you would spend almost all your time just doing admin work. You know, Calculating exactly the profit shares, to take care of redemptions, and new investors, we have some money around. You don't even have time to read anymore or find investment ideas or you know, build models. And we are providing you exactly with that um, back office and support team that Goldman has. just The difference is that Goldman's team consists of people and our uh, support team doesn't have people. No management, no employees, no buildings. It's just an autonomous fund administrator. And there are many benefits, in my opinion, of using a blockchain-based system um, opposed to the current system. And the two main benefits are one, transparency, and two, inclusion. Yeah, Uh, service transparency. There's an inherent lack of transparency in the financial industry. Uh, We don't really know where our money flows, right? Um, How is it possible that almost everyone in the world missed something as big as a global financial crisis? It's because it's not transparent. And blockchain is the opposite. Blockchains are inherently transparent. Which is good for the general public, um, because now they can suddenly can see where your money flows to. There won't be any more hidden fees when you subscribe to funds, because you you can see exactly where the money goes to. And um, the second point is inclusion. Asset management used to be exclusive to a select few. Um, I worked in a uh, Swiss multifamily office before I joined Bellamport, and we would only offer our investment solutions to ultra high net worth individuals. So anyone I think below uh, 5 million would just reject. Same for hedge funds, right? Many of them don't even accept your money. It is less than 100K. Um, And it makes sense. I mean, part of the reason why they don't accept it is because every new client on board is associated with lots of, you know, uh, more workload. And I don't want to put that workload on my shoulders for just a 3K investment. So it's understandable. And we are changing that. So we are bringing down the barriers uh, to entry so much for both investor and investment uh, manager. that now... You you can be part of the uh, financial systems, like I said, with just a laptop or with internet connection. Actually, our developers are right now work on a mobile version, so uh, when they're ready, you'll have access to the global financial markets uh, through your cell phone, which is quite cool. It's very inclusive. And uh, to give you an update on where we are right now, we just finished our first competition on the common test network. We did it on the test network to test the logic of our contracts, uh, to claim money in case something goes wrong. As we speak right now, our developers are launching the first decentralized, tokenized fund on the Ethereum blockchain, Um, they will be in the form of a bug bounty, like you mentioned. Uh, We're going to put, I think, 500 million in there, if you can take them, uh, they're yours. We're going to have a ceremony for you. And if everything goes well there and we fix the bugs, we're going to deploy the version on the Ethereum mainnet so you can set up your own funds. But there's one problem with the Ethereum uh, mainnet, which is that you can only trade erc tokens, right? We are completely on chain, nothing we do is off chain. And that's a bit restrictive because. Um, yeah. It just yes, I mean most tokens are yes twenty tokens, but you can't even buy Bitcoin or Litecoin. So that's why in parallel to deploying the live version on the Ethereum net, we're building our own blockchain, the main chain, a custom asset management chain. And don't get me wrong, I would love Ethereum, but uh, it's a general purpose blockchain. And many of the functions that they have we don't need. That's why we're building our own ones. And then we don't have to share all the traffic with Ethereum. So it'll be much faster, we'll reduce the gas costs, so it's great. And then the last stage of what we do is we're going to integrate the Mananchain into Polkadot. Polkadot is uh, a project by web 3 and Parity team. And what they do is they—they now Polkadot allows blockchains, independent blockchains, uh, to exchange information between each other. So once Mananchain is integrated and other blockchains integrated with Polkadot, um, you can communicate with all blockchains and you sure anything is tokenized. Totally so that's the end of this vision. Um, I think I'm running out of time slowly. So I want to focus my last minutes on um, think it's really important. When we started Bellenport, um the market was still relatively small. And it was easy to have an overview over everything, right? Uh, you know, there was one or two new projects every month. And if you had, you could read the uh, white paper. And if you had questions, you could go to the beginner and chat with the team directly. And now it's different. Yeah? Now we see a new ICO every other day. And they all use the same buzzwords. They all say, um, remove remove trust, or no trust needed, and remove the third party, and decentralization. And I feel like some projects just throw on random buzzwords to make it sound more attractive. And we also use AI and machine learning. And I don't even know if it's any point of doing that. So what I'm trying to say is, is it's very, very difficult to remember anything about any company nowadays, um, because there's just so much out there. So if I do have one thing I can choose, what you remember about us? It's um, our values and why we do what we do. We're trying to build an alternative to the current financial system. Yeah, we're not gonna you know, tell you you should use value because it's, it's more secure and it's more efficient and it's cheaper, which it is. We just want to give you an alternative, right? So you don't have to keep your money with a bank anymore if you don't want to. Right now, you don't have another option. If you have 5,000 euros, you can keep them in your house, that's cool. But if you have several million worth of assets, you have to keep them with a bank. Otherwise, you run the the, uh, possibility of someone stealing it if you have it in your house. And also, you can't exchange them easily, right? Imagine you have uh, a bunch of Apple stocks underneath your bed. What are you going to do with them? How are you going to get rid of them? And yeah, we are trying to build this alternative for you. Men, the MANA project is also an open source project. So everything we do is very transparent. You can see all our code on the GitHub, so you really don't need to trust us and what we say we do, you can just read it. And MANA is also intended as a public good, like the internet. So we are building the MENA protocol, but once we finish building it, we're going to roll it out to the people for free and then we're going to take a step back, and then we have no more special privileges in, uh, over it. The meta token holders, that's what the token is for partly, the governance. If you have thousand tokens, I have a thousand tokens, and I work for that port. once it's done, I don't have more rights than you, designing how it's going to go on. And because we don't own the meta protocol, we also can't charge any fees. Yeah. This new fund administrator that we're building is completely for free to use for everyone. Um, well, actually it's not for free. You, if you call a function on the blockchain, you have to pay gas. But that goes to the miners or stakers. Not a single cent goes to us. And because we don't own it, you also don't have to ask us for permission if you want to use it. Um, I get that a lot. You know, I get emails that ask me, hey, you know, what, what process do we have to go through to, to use? The Mellon Fund Administrator to help set up our, our fund. And I always ask the same thing. Um, You don't have to ask me to do it. You can just go to the website and do it yourself. We can't stop you, even even if we want to. Um, Yeah, that's it from my side. Thank you all for listening. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the conference.